Hello, everybody. Welcome. Uh, my name is Richard Simons from RCV. And this I is... am Martin Lee from the EV News Daily podcast, of which you've been a sponsor for a very long time now. I have. I think you did uh, some great stuff on that podcast. Thank you very much. I didn't pay him to say that, by the way. <laughs> he pays me. It's a brilliant podcast. <laughs> make sure you get on Patreon and subscribe to that. Uh, this is going to be a bit different in this video because I'm going to keep it quite relaxed and casual. We talk about some stuff, but more like a kind of end of month, end of quarter, a, a periodic news type uh, feature. So if you like this video, make sure you do give it a thumbs up, leave your comments below. And if you want us to do more of these in the future, I'm sure you'll be up for that, Martin. Absolutely. This is what I do day in, day out is bring you the news. This is it. So I want to cover a few things in this one. One is a bit of just a general latest EV news. Um, I'm going to talk a bit about market trends recently because used prices have changed quite a lot from what they were a couple of months ago. Some quite dramatic changes with current economic climate been a little bit turbulent. Let's talk a bit about next year, what's yep. coming. And let's also cover off, um, we're going to take some questions and we'll answer them. And we haven't seen the questions yet, so we'll go through <laughs> that live. Uh, but I have had a couple of people comment on recent videos, well, usually I comment on at least some of the videos about uh, cost of batteries and replacements. And I've got a bit of news about that as well. So that's all coming up and we'll make this look like a BBC News Dash. Should we do, oh, the news should we do this with the papers? Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Uh, let's kick off, Martin. What's uh, some of the latest key news events in the EV world then? Uh, the first thing we want to talk about is this huge piece of news that may have passed people by. There's bigger events happening in the world. But that is last week. The EU, so the European Union, have finally agreed on the 2035 date. Now, the UK yeah. is 2030, but it's a little wishy-washy because when you ask the politicians... Uh, specific about what it means. They're like, yeah, electric cars. You're like, well, plug-in hybrid. They're like, well, yeah, one's with big batteries. And you say, well, how big a battery? And they go, well, we'll make it up. Whereas the EU, I think much more clear. Uh, they haven't mandated that it's got to be electric vehicles. You have to be zero emissions vehicles. And they haven't even said uh, you know, any solutions. They've said that the CO2 emitting from a vehicle, if you want to register it on the road from 2035 in the EU, must be zero emissions. So it could be hydrogen, it could be electric, it could be whatever. But this yep. is... Such huge news, because mm. you know as a business owner, you just want a direction of travel from regulations. You've got to know what's happening. Right, so you don't want red tape to be changing every five minutes yep. to run your business, to, yep. to have this amazing facility here. Uh, you want to know that, well, the, you know, you've got your staff, these are the rules and regs, and you make your business decisions based yep. on that. Now imagine running a car company and being the CFO of those, they deal on 20, 30, 40 year horizons. You just wanted a, direct, a direction of travel. So, uh, so the European Union uh, have effectively banned combustion, but they haven't banned anything. They've mm -hmm. just said you have to be zero emissions, um, which is enormous news. It's also big because they raised the amount that it has to be reduced by by 2030. So that's a 55% reduction yep. by 2030 for all the car companies. So huge news. So like it or not, this transition to EVs is happening. It's a definite happening. It has oh, there's to. no doubt it about has it. To. <laughs> yep. so, there's no doubt about it. Again, the skeptics out there saying, no, I'm not sure about this and that. The reality is, and we'll talk about market conditions, we'll talk about a bit about uh, energy crisis and such like in this video, uh, but it's the way it's going to go. So we just yep. got to work out a roadmap to making it achievable, sustainable, um, and it works for everybody. Yep, and buying how, new cars. And how we get there? Now the EU is the world's biggest trading block. Mm. So when the EU decides something, it has global ramifications, right? So California is important because they have 
a, uh, a very strong, they're allowed to make their own rules in the US, uh, and China as well. But then the third pillar of that is when the EU. So this was, again, you know, a lot of your viewers might not have even seen it, um, or it might not have, not have registered. Now there are some exceptions, if you're a small car maker, so Lamborghini will be accepted, they get a bit more time, I'm not sure about how Ferrari sit, what their sales figures are, but yeah, small niche car makers can get exceptions. Um, but for the large part, it has to be zero emissions, which you and I know means electric. It won't mean hydrogen. It won't mean some magical fairy dust that hasn't been invented yet. It's, <laughs> yes. it, it will mean pure electric. There's still, the, there's still the people that think hydrogen will be a, a thing in a passenger vehicles. It won't, no. I think it will reach some commercial applications, um, but not. It's too complicated for a car. No. Uh, we've kind of already established that. I think yeah. a couple of years ago, really, we were talking about this at the EV Summit in Oslo. Um, so it is going to go electric. It is happening. Yep, 100%. And, um, and then where the car companies go next is really interesting because they've all got these massive uh, sort of announcements they've made over mm. you know, the last few years. Um, but there is very much a clear, uh, a clear direction now. And um, uh, I think that that will help make those investment decisions um, even more. Right, should we move on to the second one? What have you got? That is, I'll do this a bit more. We, we are making this up as we go along. We don't know what we're talking about. So. Um, that is, and Richard hasn't seen this next story, uh, but you can see the headline on my, on my bit of paper. And that is uh, that the Model Y, Tesla's Model Y, yeah, is the number one vehicle in yeah. September in Europe. At, not the number one EV, of course it is the number one EV, mm -hmm. but the number one yeah. passenger vehicle. Yeah, like, you have been selling EVs longer than everyone. I, you know, we first knew each other when you weren't even in this amazing building. I used to drive past your old building because I was near where I lived all the time and you were, I mean, that's going back a long way now. You were selling EVs. My so you, first EV was in 2015, yeah. Right. So yeah. You, uh, you have been doing this longer than most and to then get to a point in time hmm. where the number one passenger vehicle in Europe, not just because it was in Germany as well, it was a couple of days ago, number one yeah. in Germany's Model Y, but in Europe, is the Model Y. I mean, that's just a mega story for electric cars. Yeah, it's a great uh, feat of achievement. And it goes to show uh, that they're just they're good and they're desirable. You yeah. want them. There's cost savings, there's moral and ethics behind it. And although there's been skeptics for years about whether any date and deadlines are achievable for switching to EV, they're by mm. popular demand yeah. at but, the end of the day. But what's interesting is the Model Y. I would say is a luxury car. Now I know people do the mm -hmm. Tesla stretch to get into it. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants a Tesla. I would I would love one, um, but uh, nothing against the mighty mighty MG uh, <laughs> that I drive um, at the minute. But what does a Model Y start at? I've not been on Tesla's website in a while. Like standard standard range that's coming, which I haven't had here yet, but it's yes. coming is um, from fifty two thousand. And you yeah. had the long range here. Long range has been here. Well, I borrowed yours. <laughs> yeah. I should know that. I should <laughs> you know that. Yeah, you had one. I had it for a week. But yeah, you're sixty thousand long range, seventy thousand performance. You know, these are not cheap cars. Yeah. They're not cheap cars, but people are getting into them. They are affording them, and the running costs are low. Uh, so obviously, some tax benefits, especially through business purchases as yeah. well. Uh, and they're just desirable cars. I've always come at this for me personally as being a petrol head. Mm. Somebody likes my cars, did a degree of design, like cars, used to work in software. And that's why Tesla appealed to me. And you know, I was scared when I bought mine because it's the first purchase of anywhere near that mm. value. And even as someone who weighs my car as a high priority, I'd rather buy an expensive car and have nice clothes or a big house. Yeah. Even then it was daunting, but people are doing it. And what about people who want the cars from a certain location? Now, you were one of the first in the country. It was the first ship that came in uh, from the China cars almost mm -hmm. yeah. months, maybe a little longer ago, because you want to look at the paint and the fit and finish, and it was yeah. all very good. Um, 
What do you think about people wanting cars from Berlin? They've got some new paint colours. Yes. Know. There's a new silver, new cherry red. Silver suits as well. Yeah, it looks nice. <laughs> um, are people desperate to get the latest, greatest with Tesla? It's always one of those things. Uh, when people are looking at uh, new ones, I often hear people saying, well, I'm going to wait for the 4680. I'm going to wait for this. I'm going to mm. wait for that. And I always, I've always said it's a bit like, especially with Tesla circles, with lots of incremental changes, it's like buying a laptop or a TV. Mm. There'll always be something, another slight improvement around the corner. So get your order in, get the latest, don't look back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but obviously the good thing with Tesla, I think especially is the software update has always been there. And even our 2014 car is there with modern software. So that's always been a key component, which it continues to be with most manufacturers now as well. Some yeah. better than others yep. uh, in the software game, but it keeps the cars future-proof and hopefully it means that we keep the cars for longer. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Next story is about Volkswagen, the brand, not the group. But VW are next in the news. I want to talk about what they said uh, last week, which was they're going to make an SUV version or crossover version of the ID3. Yes. I thought it was called the ID4, but the ID4 is quite a big vehicle, actually. It is. <laughs> in a slightly bigger version uh, of that. And in the same, I think it was a press call or something they did, they also talked about two 20k vehicles coming to Europe yeah. in the next two, three years. One of them would be a sort of uh, subcompact, not subcompact, a compact city car, and one of them would be a slightly hotter version. Maybe, I don't know, GTR, yeah. GTX they call it, yeah. don't they? So what are your thoughts on as we just talked about, the number one car in the whole continent being a 60 grand car. Exactly. Um, <laughs> VW, you know, and Elon's talked about, you know, the 35 grand Model 3, which they did sell briefly if you walked into the store. <laughs> yeah. um, and he's talked again about the 25k Tesla. I do think that's a bit of a distraction. I think it's brilliant to get the, the ultimately, if you get mass manufacturing prices, can come down and that should be reflected to the consumer. And ultimately, the goal is to make them all as cheap as possible yeah. so that more and more people can adopt them. Um, mm. What has been, in a way, frustrating dealing with used cars is that you want them to come down in price, but the last two years, they haven't really changed in price. Their yes. car that was 20,000, 25,000, 30,000 two years ago, it's been about the same up until recently as we mm. now see the market trend drop a little bit. Uh, but isn't that the goal that, yes, they become more affordable? And that's more of a key, in my mind, than having, you know, again, other people's minds. It's like, when they can do 600 miles to a charge, <laughs> yep. uh, and I can drive nonstop for 10 hours, then I'll be interested. Mm. Uh, as long as the infrastructure grows with it, and as long as we can uh, adopt more sustainable energy, rather urgently now, one would suggest, mm. uh, then those are the solutions to the puzzle. And w can small cars ever get cheap enough for people to get into them as their first car. My first car was a Fiat Uno, I think, maybe a Panda, there's a Fiat Uno. But that would have been a real, you know, trash box. Yeah. You know, I was 17 and insurance prices, I'm sure for kids these days, are absolutely different to when I first started driving. But, because batteries are always gonna have, you know, a battery pack is always gonna have an inherent value. Mm -hmm. So you're probably not going to be selling kind of one, two thousand pound EVs anytime soon. We're still in habits of largely, you know, buying cars. Obviously a lot of people lease, but mm. the more we'll see people not necessarily owning a car, but using a car. Yeah. And that could be through various rental schemes, which we see now already. Um, but again, it could be something like that where it's not necessarily you've got to go out and buy that would be financing leasing but also just kind of pay-as-you-go type schemes as we mm. do with bikes and scooters now yeah. um, but ultimately the cheaper they get the better and the more affordable they are to everybody which is 
the goal. And that's interesting. Whenever they do these kind of stories, uh, this one's from Autocar magazine, talking about it, they always often give a little bit of background later on in the story as well. A good reminder, uh, they say that uh, they, these two vehicles are amongst 10 new EVs from the VW brand launched by 2026. So I think a lot of people don't realize what's coming over the hill mm -hmm. is about to get really intense. Now, the minute yeah. you've got ID3, ID4, yeah. ID5, but 10 new EVs by 2026, and that does include facelifts. They are going to do a midlife refresh on the ID3. I think they're getting rid of the, they're going to put clicky buttons back on. <laughs> <laughs> that's, no, that's no bad thing if you ask Haptics. on the steering wheel. Uh, there was nothing wrong with the Golf 8 steering wheel uh, with clicky buttons. They should have put that in the ID. Um, but like, that's almost three models a year. So it's a really about to hit really fast. Yeah, and that's great. I mean, that's what we see. Then you've got competition, and then you've got cheaper manufacturing. Yeah. yeah. And they're doing that with a new platform called, it's called SSP platform, mm. but that is a unified battery cell. Yep. So everything apart from the really rapid Porsches and yeah. Audis, one platform. This is so, pretty, what you got? Hey, this is nice. This is Chinese, and it's called the iways U6. And yeah, I want to talk about this, but I want to pick your brains on the Chinese arriving in Europe. Ooh, right. Because um, I can look out of your window <laughs> and I've got one with an yeah. MG. Yeah. Um, and that's an SAIC, which is fine. Well, again, you know, we like our European cars and our uh, German interiors and such like. What we have seen from, you know, I've driven the MG4 now. Um, it's good. It's just good. It's well made. It, it fits the bill nicely. And again, it's bringing the prices down. You know, there's new manufacturers in China every year. There's a lot of very good engineers have gone from Europe to China to help with development. Um, whether they're going to be to all tastes and how much mass adoption we'll see uh, mm. in the UK and how many of these will come to the UK uh, yet to see. Uh, but again, it is helping bring in down the cost of the cars at the end of the day. If they can make that for that price, then VW will have to respond and yeah. such like, you know, as well. So. Um, yeah, it's interesting. We there's obviously some of these um, uh, Chinese brands in, in space like Norway now already, yep. and I think they've been taken up quite nicely. We're not really seeing as much in the UK. We've got the, the MGs, for example. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're setting the precedent for pricing. Do people yeah. care where the car comes from? Uh, some will, some won't. Uh, yeah. Again, we we are quite brand conscious here, aren't we? We do like our brands. We can be quite faithful to brands. Yeah. And we like our style. So people will like the style of an Audi and they'll stick to an Audi. Yeah. Uh, or the Volkswagen or the Tesla and such like and such like. Well, so, you know, BMW buyers uh, might not know the iX3. It's made in China. Mm -hmm. New Polestar is going to be made in China. So where is it made? Often people don't care. Um, and uh, yeah, my wife just doesn't literally. I don't care. think most of the British public worry too much on that. Does not care where that MG uh, was made. For her, it was about servicing. Mm -hmm. And funny, it has gone back a couple of times, got a bit wet inside, uh, which they fixed under warranty, um, and um, a little sensor problem fixed under warranty. So uh, that's what she cared about. She's not a car person, mm -hmm. um, and, the, and she drives the MG with that little, little fella most of the time. She just wanted to know about if it goes wrong. What's the worst case scenario? Where does it go? And for yeah. us, it's you know, pool five minutes or five minutes away. So lots of Chinese cars arriving. My next story is about one of the ones out next year. So I can sit on this if you want. And we'll let's do, do a bit about next year later. In yeah. the, later in the video. There you go. Is that the series? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Let's, <laughs> so stay watching for now. Um, okay, good. So some good stuff to look forward to. 
There have been some really big changes in uh, the UK market recently. Obviously, everyone's seen the news. Everyone knows the kind of current economic situation and the mini budget results and rising inflation and such like. So here's a little bit I filmed earlier about the prices of used EVs in the UK right now and how it's changed. So now let's talk about the current market conditions and the prices of used vehicles because it's been a really up and down year for uh, used electric car prices, but also prices across the board. We're not just talking about EVs here. Uh, but we saw a summer where prices were really high. There was a long wait for new cars. Uh, demand was strong. We came out of COVID times. People were buying stuff. And even uh, nearly new cars were selling for more than a new list price because people didn't want to wait so long. However, we've seen literally in the last few weeks, especially during October, everything changed a little bit there and prices have been coming down. Various economic conditions have led to this and we've seen a decline in the sales and residual values recently. So I think everyone's seen the news recently, the cost of living has gone up dramatically and then we've had some uncertain political time, shall I say. Uh, but yes, times are getting tougher. It is more expensive for almost everything now. Of course, one factor with that that will certainly affect EVs is the cost of electricity. Uh, now, we've seen that rising dramatically, which means that your electric car will cost more to run per mile. We saw petrol and diesel very high. Some of their prices have now stabilized. Uh, but what we have seen with electricity is there has been an energy price cap guarantee. Now, there's lots of headlines out there saying electric cars now cost more to run than petrol or diesel. They don't. We've done a number of videos recently showing that they do not. If you charge your car from home, which most people who own electric cars would do, it's still a fraction of the price to run. Typically about eight and a half pence per mile, roughly speaking, compared to petrol diesel, it'd be about 18 pence per mile, even for something quite efficient. So that still means you need a, a petrol diesel car that would do kind of 80, 90 miles per gallon equivalent uh, if for, for the cost of running an EV. So cost of living, price of electricity going up, that certainly affected the market, but they are still cheaper to run. And then we have the increase in interest rates. So as the Bank of England increases the rate of interest, that means not only more money your mortgage will cost you, but the more money your car finance will cost you. So used car finance, typically we've been able to get 6.9%, but in the last four weeks we've had to increase that and it's now up to 8.9%. If the rate of interest keeps growing, the rate of repayments on car finance will also keep growing, unfortunately. And new cars falling as well. So only rewind two, three, four, five months ago, ordering a new car. It could take a year, 18 months for some models to arrive. A lot of people are still waiting for cars they've ordered months ago. However, if you look on, say, Tesla and various other manufacturers' websites and what you're told by dealers, the wait time has really fallen down. Maybe we don't have so much of a chip shortage now. In a case like Tesla, they're producing more cars out of Shanghai. Production levels are ramped up. And so the lead times have come right down. And of course, that means that people aren't so desperate to get the nearly new cars rather than wait for the new ones. So that, again, is a factor which would bring prices down. Again, not just EVs, other cars as well, like Land Rover Defenders, there's one over there, I'll point in that direction. They've also come down with the lead times and therefore used cars are a bit cheaper. So what's the point in going out and buying one of these cars? Well, uh, they're still better. You still need to do this. We still need to make the change. If you're in a position where you're looking to buy or lease or finance a new car, you need to still look at making the right choice towards electric because we have to make changes. I still don't get anyone who walks into a Land Rover today and buys a brand new Range Rover or a new Audi Q7. We need to make this transition. The climate crisis is very real. If you're in that lucky position to make the change, then you need to do so. And if you're a company car driver, benefit and kind tax is still super low. And yes, electricity mate prices may increase somewhat, but there'll always be some kind of sensible price cap guarantee, I think, in place. 
at the end of the day, every house has got to pay for electricity. And at the end of the day, these are still going to remain cheaper to run, cheaper to service. And they're actually just nicer to drive as well as being better for the environment. So still stick to the plan and go EV. So we have it. What do you think of that, Martin? It's really interesting. I think I'm a frustrated car salesman because I used to buy cars from the auction all the time. I think, I think members of the public can't buy a car as easily from the auctions as the old days. I think you've got to be in the trade now. Of course, risk in the old days. You have you to know, be registered this online. COVID changed a lot. I, I get unlucky enough. I've been in the game a while. People know me. I get cars from owners. I don't have to go to auctions. But it, and it used to be a really dangerous game. And yes. uh, an auction, and those are trader, and those are private buyer, and they make fake bids and all sorts of stuff. Yes. But I'm not going to lay out any. Um, no, I used to do it as a very low end of the market. I used to do as a hobby, really. And I got some good cars actually yeah. that I was touch wood. Um, but so I find that topic really interesting. But I had I had some questions um, on that piece. How long? Typically, are people getting car finance for to get their dream car in their driveway? Is it one year, two year, three years? What are people? Yeah, usually it's a three or four year uh, term or um, private and quite a lot of business. Obviously, electric cars make great sense as business purchases as well. So, business and private can be bought with HP or PCP, basically. And it, and how much do people need to understand the total cost of ownership? Because if you're a business mm. and you know you're the transport manager of a fleet, you've got you know, 10, 20, 100 cars and more, you look at that bottom right-hand corner in the spreadsheet, what's that number? EVs are cheaper. That's why all the fleets are going EV. What's that process like when you're talking to a kind of a private buyer? Do they understand that? Is it important? It's still, so that's why we do all these videos, to try and get across not just the fact that, okay, energy prices have gone up, um, the cars themselves have come down. Uh, so if you're an owner, it's not so good, but it's a buyer, and it's the buyer's market, and they will be cheaper to buy. But it, what we always try and get across is it's also the running costs as well. So you've got the lack of the servicing, um, loads of tax benefits if you're buying, and you have to pay benefit in kind tax if it's a company car. And they are also just nice to drive as well. You know, again, petrol head person here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love driving an EV. So... Um, trying to translate, um, there are various calculators around, in fact we've got one I'm working with somebody who might go onto our website where you can literally work out what it will save you. What's harder to calculate is then maintenance and servicing costs is a bit that even mm. now we tell people a Tesla has no servicing routine, you know, there's things you <laughs> look off your tires and stuff, but um, yeah. ultimately it's, it's a lot cheaper on loads of fronts and it's still the right thing to do. So if you've got the choice, um, okay, you can't buy a long-range EV for £5,000 yet, um, but if you've got the choice and you're about to walk into the Audi dealer, yeah. hopefully look at the stuff in the electric corner, not the Audi Q7 5-litre diesel thing in the mm. corner. You know? So um, there's lots of savings to be had still. But isn't perception interesting? You know, I've been driving EVs for a long time. Uh, we have a little uh, lad, we went away on holiday recently, that's got a 41 I keep saying that because I'm looking at it out of Richard's window. But the, the mighty, mighty MG ZS has a 41 kilowatt hour battery. I think 39 usable. I've never actually found, found out. Yeah. But like, between my wife and my child, every half an hour, we're stopping anyway. So we did from here to East Anglia to go to like four hours, four and a half hours if we'd done it nonstop. Yeah. That was maybe a six hour journey, but they needed food and toilet breaks. And so I always think I want the range. I want the range. But you know what, if you think about how an EV fits into your life, yep. and how often you stop, how many long journeys you do, apart from that, I can't think of the, the next long journey we're doing. There's, there's I, I no doubt here, it's we need months. continuous investment in good infrastructure, but it is there now. Um, the Teslas have always had the luxury of making that super easy. It's one of the benefits of a Tesla, but there are more good charging stations all over the country, 
And this is where the goal needs to be for cheaper EVs, not for EVs that do 800 miles to a charge. Mm. You know, that's, that's basically where we need to get to. And you've seen the video I drove from John O'Groats to Land's End, the, yep. the fastest time. That was hard work. <laughs> I was driving, I mean, okay, Tesla Model S, long range. Yes, you know, one of the best cars for long distances. But that was like literally running inside. I was queuing for food at one point, had to abandon the queue to get back in the car to get on driving. So yeah, just good, convenient, uh, reliable, and affordable public charging because public charging has gone up in line with other electricity prices. It'd yep. be good to see limitations on the VAT uh, being charged on, from public charging. That's probably another topic for another day. Yep. Um, uh, but even if you charge from a public charger paying the full whack at the moment, it's, you still need about a 45, 50 miles per gallon car. But remember, most of the time you don't public charge, you would charge from home anyway. So um, again, people see those headlines of public charging it's more expensive than petrol or diesel no it is not we've done some videos on that um and it's still cheaper to run your ev if you just run an ev in just public charge which some people do uh, then it's 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 getting tighter per mile but you've still got maintenance and savings as you go along so now the next thing i want to ask you about is the people that say oh but they last three years and you've got to put the battery in the bin uh, or the landfill yep. at the end of that three years because they just don't know that these cars are so durable. This is it, yeah. And um, we've got some uh, pricing and such like. So I'm going to cut to a little segment here I filmed a short time ago with my colleague Serge. So I'm with my colleague Serge, who has some pricing on batteries. So Serge, batteries, longevity, cost to replace, it always comes up in our videos. People always ask the question. They don't seem to ask the question about how much the 540D BMW engine is to change or the Mercedes 200 diesel, whatever. Um, we run a 2014 S85 that you drive daily. And what's the mileage on that now? It's 107,000 miles now. 107,000 miles, and it's done us proud. We've had it a couple of years. It's still worth the same money. It's got free supercharging, barely any maintenance to it, just some tires. It's done us really well. But let's tackle the difficult subject of, let's say the battery does fail at some point. You've got an idea of costings now on replacement batteries. Yeah, so it seems like uh, you can replace them from prices of... 8,000, 9,000 for a refurbished mm -hmm. 85 pack up to 13, 14,000 for a brand new 90 kilowatt pack. So a bigger battery than it has now. Yes, mm. plus VAT. Right, um, okay. And that doesn't include costs of labor um, either. But we think that's probably not going to be much. I think it just kind of lifts down and back up with a few yeah. bolts to hold it in place. Yeah, so it seems like it's maybe an hour or two to, to replace a, a battery, so it shouldn't be too bad. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, in and out of the workshop in a day, and you've got a car that's then got a new battery, more miles, faster charging. Yeah. Um, but that's, what's the engine going to be for one of those cars? It's going to be probably, probably at least that kind of thing. And the, the battery failures have been very rare, haven't they? So the earlier cars, the S85s, there were a few. They were replaced under warranty. I guess over time there will be more and more. But all we've seen so far is just some degradation and some slightly slower charging speeds, which yeah. I think is Tesla kind of protecting the longevity of the battery. Yeah. Uh, but when we do come out of warranty with any car, Nissan Leafs, BMW 3s, people crop up who can do independent fixing as well. Yeah. It doesn't have to go to Tesla necessarily, I don't think, but other people will be able to do it, so we'll see, probably costs come down. And in fact, our local scrapyard has accident damaged Teslas and battery yeah. modules available, don't they? Yeah, they do, they have, you can buy whole packs or just battery modules. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they, they certainly start to come up more and more now. 
So there we have it. That's the topic of batteries. I think we have to get to very high mileage in older vehicles, but even if you get to a 15-year-old car, it's going to be a fairly simple process. The prices will probably come down by then as well as manufacturing yeah. gets even cheaper. Um, so you can quite quickly replace the battery and keep the car going for another 15 years, half a million miles in theory. Yeah. So actually, that is a sustainable way forward. And yes, it's not cheap, but then the engine in another car wouldn't be cheap either. And you've had to maintain that engine yeah. all its life with various oil changes and cam belts and water pumps and more things to go wrong, I think. So uh, yeah, it's always a bit of a contentious issue. Batteries, people always ask that question. But I think we can see there, okay, it's not cheap. It's not something you want to happen. But if you can upgrade it and get more miles faster charging, Mm, yeah, it's just a factor to take into account like any car that's older with high mileage, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There we go. So as you can see, I think they last a long time. Yeah. I'm not worried about our car, which yeah. is now well over 100,000 miles, still right. going strong, free supercharging, very yep. good. And uh, you know, people forget at some point the petrol or diesel engine will go. And if you walk to BMW and you say, can I have a new engine? Mm. It's going to be expensive. You can go to a scrapyard and get a replacement maybe. Mm. Still going to be expensive, and that's still what you can do with EV stuff anyway. And there'd be loads of people specialising, and more companies in um, repairing, replacing, and if it comes to it, next life adoption as well. You know, Absolutely. so again, next EV, next life stuff. But I think ultimately these cars are simpler than any combustion car. There's far less things to go wrong, and so they can go for longer, which is a greener thing. And all the car companies have got schemes in place to do recycling. That over the years, many years, they've been saying. Um, Oh, you know, yeah. we, we the used batteries, and here's our program. And the problem they've got is there's no cars, there's no stock because yeah. the cars keep going. Yeah. So they're not. They've all got these schemes set up ready to go. They've got nothing coming in to use those batteries. But uh, so any home battery now, you know, I got a home battery, got one earlier this year, yeah. um, and that was that uses uh, NMC cells. I'm surprised it wasn't LFP. Mm -hmm. Either way, I got the Solar Edge one, um, and that's because just before I got some solar panels, and honestly home if only we could use our cars for storage and we'll get there yeah i think, I think they could agree again that that's been on the cars for a while and the stuff we were talking about the ev summit in Oslo three four years ago now yeah. so it's all coming through and this is where again we'll talk about energy we're leading quite well onto energy yeah, here so we'll, we'll touch on that topic as well <clears throat> uh, but you know people are concerned about uh, where our energy is coming from now Electric cars should be able to help the grid. It will help mm. balance the grid. They'll be smart. They'll be if peak demand at half time in football and half all the way mm. through extenders. In fact, they wouldn't have brakes in extenders, wouldn't they? Anyway, I'm watching you. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, when you get the demand, then the car will feed back to the grid and then it can take its charging again. So that's called yeah. vehicle to load. There's loads coming on that. Like I say, it's been around in development for years. And so the electric cars will actually help balance the grid. And then mm. they're massive. I mean, the battery pack, you know, what's your battery for your home storage? You Ten. run your TV off in the yeah, yeah. 10 kilowatts. 9.7 usable, yeah. And they get tested over 100 kilowatt hours. Yeah, and that, and that does <laughs> me today. So we're recording this in um, almost beginning of November. Yeah. So the sun, the days are shorter and not as much sun hitting my panels. Yeah. They still generate, but it means that I get to charge my car and the battery yeah. overnight. I'm on Octopus Go Faster, but I gather that might have gone. I'll double check that actually, um, or maybe for new customers. There's still Octopus Go, cheap rate overnight. So I always charge. I charge the battery yeah. overnight. My house is off grid. Now, look, I know I'm very lucky to be able to have, have that. Mm -hmm. That is a lot of people trying to get to the end of the week or the end of the month, let alone a battery. So yeah, I'm, we are very, very fortunate to have that. Um, but it does mean that my house is off grid during the day. Yeah. In the summer, 
I was exporting, the car was full, the battery was full, I just brought a ton back to the grid and I'm not on an export. I'm not your washing machine. Gone <laughs> yeah. on. And you do change your life, right? Yeah. So at the minute, everything's gone back to overnight. So we're doing the dishwasher, the washing overnight on cheap rate. In the summer, everything was during the day just to try and gobble up those electrons. But I'm looking at this, this big old unit of yours and I'm surprised there's not a, a bunch of panels up there. There's some panels over there and they're about to go up. Really? Uh, yes. So we've got, um, th again, this is, this is the thing. So we've got a whole solar install going on the roof of the building there, east, south and west facing, and yeah. then a couple of uh, Tesla Powerwall batteries in here as well, which is a, a big investment. But the recuperation estimate on that before was about six and a half years. Yeah. Still worth it. Yep. Now, as business energy goes up, Absolutely. then it's probably going to pay for itself in a couple of years. But this is where we just need a push on sustainables. We don't, you know, now we've got this energy crisis. Um, we don't want to be keeping the coal mm. mines going and burning fossil fuels to do that. And by the way, even if you burn coal to make electricity for a car, it's still something like 15 to mm. 25 times more efficient anyway. Uh, but anyway, we don't want to do that. Why are we not moving forward faster with solar production and adoption? Why the, this, to get the solar on the roof of the building has been nearly three years in the planning and ordering wow. uh, stage. So uh, at long last, we're nearly there. But I know if you ask somebody now, I'd like some solar, please. You're not going to get it in a week, a month, two months, six no. months. We need a massive investment for mm. adoption and green energy uh, production. Uh, UK, Europe, everywhere, worldwide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I still see, a, you know, all these warehouses over here, they don't have solar on the roof. What a wasted opportunity. Well, even on this industrial estate that you're on, if you think that if all the roofs here, even in the UK, mm. in the winter, you still generate, and if you can use cars as a backup or, or storage, and you can reduce that load on the grid, it just makes, it makes the whole grid cheaper for all of us. That's exactly. a crazy thing. Exactly. It's like, yeah. People think that 10 million EVs are going to be bad news for the grid. It's good news for the grid because they'll help balance it. They'll help balance it, uh, but we just need to push forward with you know, production and companies in Europe and UK mm. making solar, making little wind turbines, uh, using all means necessary, you know, possible and available mm. uh, to produce it. And in day, the production of a solar uh, wind farm or solar farm is far less than a nuclear power station. Um, and then you've got the ongoing cost. Uh, again, you could talk about this topic for a long while, but I think we both agree with this and going forward, uh, green energy production and local storage, as well as grid level storage, vitally important. Absolutely. So let's, uh, let's lift it. What are we looking forward to in 2023, Martin? Oh, no, I did bring this over because I want to talk to you about the, uh, the Hyundai Ionic 6. Yep, I know you're a big fan of the Ionic 5. Yep. I know you like it. Uh, Project yep. 45, the got first one. Yeah, lovely. Beautiful car. Yeah. Hyundai Ionic 6 is the next one. It hasn't got, it's not like a Russian doll of models where they all look the same, different sizes. Looks totally different. Yep. Totally uh, uh, designed for aero. Starts at £55,000 in the UK for the first edition. Now, I think that you probably get a rear wheel drive version for that on a smaller battery for maybe 45, mm -hmm. but that's the first edition. Goes on sale in November. What do you think of this vehicle? Again, on paper, it all looks good. Um, the styling stands out, it's different. I like the way Hyundai are being bold. You might not say it's pretty, but form follows function sometimes. <laughs> and at least they're being bold with it as well. So again, another car. I know people that are eyeing this up uh, to, mm. uh, as their next EV. And um, yeah, good luck. It'd be good. It'd be really good to get 
and see one. So if anybody from Hyundai Press is watching this, then yeah, let's have, a, let's have one of those over here, please. Let's check out WLTP on that. Big battery, 77.4 uh, kilowatt hours. WLTP on the big battery is 323 miles, which is 519 kilometers. I'm just checking that's the, the best one. It might even go further than that. That might be for the dual motor I'm looking at. But either way, look, how, how far do we want EVs to go now? Like, Again, same a, thing. It's yeah. a mega distance. We, we need the, uh, and uh, is it running 800 volt? Like, yes, yeah, 800 exactly. volt system so again. The Ionic 5 charges really fast. It really does. It is just about time to run in, grab a subway, have a toilet break, and then shoot out again. So that's the key. Good, reliable, fast charging. We don't need 800 mile cars. I got it wrong. Goodness. On the small wheels, 18 inch wheels with the big battery on the rear wheel drive, uh, WLTP, 382. So mm -hmm. that's sniffing 400 miles. Yep. Like, yep. You know, kind of that's bladder range for everyone. Yep. I don't know how hardcore uh, you want to be with a road trip, but. Uh, some of our road trips and our comparison videos, um, and Gint's behind the camera there will testify, that when we do the cars that do. 250, 300 miles, they're, mm. they're, they're hard days. You're driving for hours and hours and hours just yes. for you know, 30 seconds of footage and yeah. data. Um, and then we usually have to do a separate break for um, eating, yep. drinking, because we're filming a bit of recharging, have done enough in 20 minutes and off you go. Yep. Again. So, uh, yeah, promising, it looks like a Mercedes CLS. Or... It does, yeah. Now look, what's the, what's, the, what's the spec to go for with it? I'm so excited about this vehicle. Um, <laughs> Rear wheel drive, all wheel drive, small wheels, big wheels. It all depends on the range you get and what your car looks like. What, what would be your pick? Uh, I would, for my, so it's always yes. UK. So it's always UK. Live on the south coast, never see snow. Don't need four wheel drive. Unless it's quite quick and then yeah. like four wheel drive. <laughs> 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 Unless it's quite quick. Uh, and for what I do, while I do some pretty heavy days and the car long range is useful for me, but I would agree with most people, standard range cars yep. are usually more than adequate for what they want. Uh, we, again, when customers are talking to us, always ask, you know, what, what do you do? Mm. And they say, well, I want the big battery, long range, then um, so how many long trips do you do? And they go, well, I go and see my aunt in Norfolk once every mm. six months. You mm. go, and then you don't. If you're doing a lot of 500 mile days, three days a week, then yeah, so you're going to get the money's worth out of it. Mm. So for me, big battery, rear wheel drive, but everyone's different. There you go, that's your pick. I think I'd go small. And it's rear wheel drive as well. It is rear wheel, it's probably rear wheel drive. Yeah, I, like I think I'd go small battery but then I think I probably spend my life regretting that decision because want and need are different things and yeah. you know I, only, I need the small battery uh, 53 kilowatt hours I want the big battery I want the all-wheel drive you can see when the uh, new tester S and X come to the UK yes yes, yes. will so it yeah. arrive in 2023 would you reckon yeah bound to has to Hopefully. Has to buy now, surely. Has we? to buy now. So that's the car that I bought with me for the, our first news episode we've done this month. Uh, that's the one I'm most excited about. Yeah, so that's, that's, good. that's the one I want to bring with you. Yeah, I look for the maybe eventually getting the S and the X. It'd be nice to see some cosmetic differences, but I've been in the uh, new S in the States and it's quite a thing. With the yoke? Yeah, with the yoke. Yeah. Uh, the plaid shouldn't really be road legal. It's just stupid. <laughs> it's just stupid. But anyway. Yeah. We, the plaid will eventually arrive, and I think it probably will come. People always ask me, I, my guess at the moment is probably mid-2023, but I don't really know. Okay. Is there anything about production in the station? No, and uh, I'm more interested in right-hand drive out of Berlin, mm -hmm. but I'm not sure it's going to happen anytime soon. I suspect everything Tesla we get in here, in this country, right-hand drive, so Australia and I think we're in Berlin, Ireland. Maps, yeah. it's, I think it's China yeah. for, for the foreseeable. I think so, yeah, and then, and then it will then, ramp. I think the Berlin. performance is coming from Berlin. 
Okay, so that's I'm I'm really interested to see that because <laughs> again, say, yeah. you know, the Model Y, uh, there's been spy shots of that cast front end, that cast rear end, the structural battery pack. Really interested to see uh, how that differs around the world. Yep, as well. And you know, people always want the latest, greatest thing, which means that you know they've probably had a car for two or three years on an agreement. It comes at the end. They like they want to upgrade. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I know a couple of people were speaking to recently. Lotus. Electra. Ah, Lotus Electra. Yeah, looks good, doesn't it? This car looks really, <laughs> really special. It comes in at the money, but I mean, quite yep. special. Now, everyone's done it. So everyone that says then we're not going to make an SUV uh, eventually makes an SUV. Yeah. Uh, all the brands do it because they sell. Do you think selling this Lotus Electra will allow Lotus to carry on doing interesting things in terms of small sports cars? Or do you think this is the, owned by Geely now? Do you think they do like a Lotus Elise type thing? I don't know. I was following that level take off with it. I was following an Elise <laughs> over here uh, and he was uh, properly rapid. Uh, and then we kept getting stuck at red lights and I was catching him up. It was, and it, it was one of the Lotus badge, not the T badge. Yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't Elise. <laughs> um, and it was just someone out, you know, a guy out for a drive and you know, probably just take a cat out for the garage for, for the day. Um, yeah, it's really small car. This, this change to the SUV style, I mean, yeah. it's just dominating. That's why Ford allegedly are not going to uh, produce the Fiesta. It's in the line for the oh, Fiesta, allegedly. Right. Uh, but when it comes to EVs, and you build a bigger body style, it's less efficient. However, what you do find, like, I'm against calling a lot of them SUVs because mm. really, if you take a bit of ground clearance and a battery and then some proper upright seating position, you do need that slightly taller car because you've got that battery okay. pack underneath the car. Yep. Um, but nonetheless, it's a dominating feature and we'll see a lot more, no doubt about it. Um, there's a lot of nice cars to look forward to and uh, Lots of, I mean, motor shows are going to be great, aren't they? All the new models coming out. Yeah, looking forward to that. Looking forward to the events like Fully Charged. Mm. Uh, they're doing a North and a South um, next year. And, and again, looking forward to going along to that. We, you know, you and I always go along to that just to talk to people and see yeah. where are they in that. That you know, do they own an EV? Are they EV curious? Are they researching? And, uh, and people often see, you know, they watch your videos, they see your T-shirt. I got the T-shirt on. They come up and say hello and all those kind of things. They've always got questions. Always got questions yeah, to ask. Great. And I'm always happy. And you're always happy to help as well. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I mean that's 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 the point really. You know, we've given up a bit of knowledge, so we need to share it out. Hopefully, videos like this are useful. <coughs> Before we go, excuse me. Let's cover a couple of viewer questions. Okay. In fact, there's a couple here. There's one about, um, are you worried about the battery in your Tesla S85 and that its warranty is up? And there's another one as well about um, cost to replace batteries are concerned. So uh, hopefully we've covered that in a small yeah, segment so. with Surge there. Um, but no, not worried about it. It's good. Um, touch wood. <laughs> if it goes wrong now. <laughs> okay, let's move on here. So I've not seen these before. Let's go through these in order here. Uh, what do you think will happen with fast charging prices such as Ionity and other manufacturers and the like? Well, Instavolt, no, Osprey, correct myself, just came down because their price went up, now they've mm. reduced them. Yeah. And at the, at the same time, I think that there is, the people that I talked to in the energy market, still lots of concern mm -hmm. uh, about gas because that's how we make our electricity. Uh, and that is not resolved, a lot to do with how little gas storage we have. Uh, that's a lot of that's been closed down. And in this country, and also the, you know, the ongoing war and what that does mm. you know, economically. So the late, you know, talking to people who sell energy and sell commercial contracts, um, they don't think that, uh, blackouts and brownouts are going to happen, but that's mm -hmm. largely scare tactics. Um, I'm surprised that we aren't doing more to get people to 
change their habits because Germany's doing a lot of that. Germany mm -hmm. is doing a lot of, hey, take a shower that's one degree less and uh, you know put on a jumper and a lot of that public messaging to help they were very exposed in their electricity prices to, to, to the Russian gas pipelines. But um, I don't mind being, and we did it with COVID, and mm -hmm. the government said, can you please do this? And I think yeah. we were, as a country, pretty good at doing that. I think we would, if they said, oh, please, you know, do your washing overnight, charge a car overnight. Yeah, and I think grid we energy went. production, again, key within all this as well. As long as you make a few bob. And grid service, yeah. yeah. I mean, when it comes to the public charging, as I'm sitting here, I'm reading another question about um, uh, charging EV at home is cheapest option, but if you can't charge at home, can you still justify an EV uh, with the price of fast charge? So a couple of things with this. Yes, fast charging has gone up. Um, it now runs, if you're just fast charging, runs sort of fairly similar in pricing, uh, sort of cost per mile with... Uh, petrol and diesel, as long as it's a fairly efficient one, kind of 45 miles per gallon car. Right. What you can't, what people or the, the government potentially could do with public charging is reduce the VAT. Yeah. So whether they'll do that or not, I don't know. We need the money. Again, I think the point is uh, you don't use those public fast chargers that much, really. No. Um, if, you know, if you only use Ionity uh, or one of those motorway networks, yeah. um, then it's going to cost you more money. I think with the cost of charging, I think people are only use them if they need to. If, if people need to. before were using them a bit more plentifully, uh, similar price of what it's at home. Yeah. Now I've, I've seen people use them less. I think, well, actually, I don't well, need to charge. That's always been the case. You don't need to use them. Leave them mm. free for somebody else. But we still need yeah. more charges, like you said earlier. Like yeah, we can't just, good just have yeah. twos and threes and fours. And again, the, the, the problem I found, and uh, it's a shame really, but I think with a lot of cars, the cars will navigate you to some like Cheveley services or Fleet, which aren't the best locations. Yep. You know, there's one or two chargers there, but a bit further up the road is a, another bank of uh, chargers somewhere else, and there's loads of them available. Um, yeah. So again, sometimes the navigation route plan the cars isn't as good as it could be or should be, and they should all True. be smarter now. They should all know which ones are free and all that kind of stuff. So they're available. Uh, so there we go. Uh, are there more garages that can MOT EVs and are there more specialists for servicing? Well, we are seeing more specialists for servicing now. We've got the Hevron network as well. Right. Um, in terms of MOTs, from what I've found, basically anywhere can do them, <laughs> really. Yep. The only problem we found before was that a Tesla Model X is quite big and wide and didn't fit on the ramp next door, but they got, they got a new ramp for us, so that's all right. That's all good <laughs> uh, With an MOT, you still have to MOT an electric car. Uh, there's just stuff they don't need to do. Um, a bit like taxing. You need to tax an electric car. You have car, to tax it. Uh, which I think I... Almost fell foul of by one day recently. You've still because, got to pay for Darfur Crossing as well. Yes. So, you know, <laughs> still, but you've still got to say, here is zero pounds. And they say, thank you for your zero pounds, but you have to register it. Um, do you think there'll be an uh, annual road tax on the EV? Yes, has yeah. to be. I don't see why not, really. I, I'm not against it. I don't mind that. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, uh, not, not being tin. It's nice to be free, but. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but without my tin foil hat on, I would rather pay a flat fee. For road tax, yep. which was in, in the, you know, I know that it's done by CO2 now, but whatever it was, than have to have a black box in my car which records where I go. I know that people say, well, paper mile is cheaper yep. because if you don't drive, you don't pay. If you do 50,000 miles a year, it makes you, sense. You, you know, and I, I understand that. I don't trust uh, big organizations, particularly governments as well to keep my data secure. I don't want somebody knowing. I know obviously with insurance and 
new learner, new drivers, the black box brings the price down, it's not a problem, and you'd say, well, if you're doing nothing wrong, yeah. what have you got to hide? Yeah. And, and I'm not doing anything wrong, by the way, <laughs> but, uh, and, and I'm sure that this thing tracks me everywhere I go. I just don't like the idea of it, but we, may, we might end up with, with pay per mile. I think personally, like, it's always been nice to be free, but the cars use the road like any other car. Um, if you buy a, a Tesla, a Taycan, whatever it is, yeah. you use, you've got to pay to use the road. So I'm not particularly against it. Maybe if when they do the MOT, they take the odometer reading and that is the official invoice of you've done this many miles. I don't mind that. That'd be fine. If you sold it partway through. That's a good point. I hadn't yeah. thought of that. Or Ferris Bueller it and just do it on reverse on some bricks. Does that, that doesn't work, does it? Great film. <laughs> Great film. Uh, uh, how do you think Tesla Vision will perform? Now, we've done some testing on this. Video should be yeah. out fairly soon. Well, yes. sort of. Um, we don't have any cars yet which don't have the parking sensors. They're only a week but, old in America, so they haven't made but their way. We, we have uh, tested a car which it, the car says it runs Tesla Vision. Right. It's in the, one of the software updates. And we did some self-parking with that. Do you remember our self-parking video? The Teslas didn't really shine on that one. <laughs> That's one of your most watched videos as well. There's hundreds of thousands of views yeah, on that. Yeah, yeah, so it was over half a million views. Also. Uh, it's because Tesla didn't do well. People were like, oh, well, I'm a bit of that, actually. Yes. Yeah, yeah, people love those. Um, uh, we found a mixed bag, but there will be another video on that soon. Self-parking a Tesla again, again. using Tesla Vision. Will right. it do better or will it not? I look forward to that. Stay subscribed for that one. Uh, okay, shouldn't be too long on that one, edit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, all right, and then uh, we might wrap it up with this one here. Oh no, hang on, let's just, would you still get a hybrid? What kind of hybrid? Just says hybrid, that's okay. the question. Uh, self-charging one. Oh, hang on a minute, I'm off. Well, surely it's self-charging, what's the problem? Surely, yeah, uh, it's magical technology. Yes. Um, if, it was, if it was a plug-in hybrid vehicle and it had a really decent electric range i think you could make an argument for it yeah i think Personally, the ski as well not the token range a sensible not a token range, range. range i think you make an argument for it yep i personally wouldn't because mm -hmm. i'm really done with paying for bills for oily bits yep. and over the years i've done that a lot with my cars and i'm really tired of catalytic converters and better 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 um and i love driving evs because yep. you know you can't say that a car won't go wrong it's a machine it may well go wrong, but in my experience, I've had faultless EVs. It's been brilliant. Yeah, I think the, the simplicity of them uh, is good for me. I can see some case points where, again, um, they, they work. A, a good plug-in hybrid will work, and actually with the cost of public charging being not too far off the price of the petrol mm -hmm. diesel, then actually really cost much more. But you're carrying around everything. You're carrying around your gearbox, your motor, and your exhaust, as well as um, the battery and that. So um, for me personally, uh, no, I'd, I'd try and stick with EV yep. all, all the way, and uh, even paying for the public charge, i never find a problem. So um, I need to stop anyway. It's no more expensive than petrol or diesel. So I mean, we're talking with fast cars as well. Yes. You know, it's, it's a very fast Tesla or Porsche Taycan is the same as 45, <laughs> 50 miles per gallon. And, uh, yeah. yeah. No, uh, so it's nice to have the simplicity of electric. Okay, let's wrap up with one last question here. Which manufacturer do you think has a car or cars that will be able to really compete with Tesla? Holy moly. And I think to compete <laughs> with Tesla, you have to compete on software. Yeah. And I don't think anyone, the cars that I've driven, are even close and that is some spectacular machines like the Porsche Taycan is is just a weapon but <laughs> but 
why can't anyone yeah. do software like now VW with their software company called Cariad? Uh, you know, some people would even say it was ultimately what led their old boss Herbert Dees to to come a little bit unstuck there. Uh, and and VW have had software problems. I don't see anyone, and I've not driven all the Chinese cars that are only available in China, and they are quite tech forward. I think until you match Tesla hmm. on that experience, yeah. you don't even come close. Now, mechanically, I think you can do it. Yeah, I, I really love how there's, um, it's horses for courses, as they usually say <laughs> in the finished videos with. There are lots of great cars. They excel in different ways. I've not had the perfect one yet. I can mm. criticize each one for something. I'd love to take all the bits I really like from different cars, you know, yeah. the headlights from a Polestar or an Audi or something, or, you know, BMW with lasers, they're great, mm. and this from the other, and the, pad the paddles from a Mercedes EQV, brilliant. Yeah. Really good adjustment. Anyway, loads of different bits. Uh, Tesla are well ahead in terms of software, you know, how that works, the, the brilliance of the app and the continuous updates happening all the time with new features, functions, and still, for example, with us when we go away as a family, just having a dog mode is, un you know, unbeatable. Yeah. Other cars don't have that kind of stuff. Uh, but it's horses for courses. Our Hyundai Ionic 5 is more comfortable to be in than a Tesla Model Y, but the Model Y goes further and yeah. is more efficient which is more important to you. So I think there's a good choice out there. I think there is already competition for Tesla. I think Tesla needs to kind of sit up and listen to a couple of things as well. Like, do okay. say, Elon Musk, have you driven at night in a Tesla? And have you driven <laughs> at night down an autobahn in a BMW or an Audi with mm. really good headlights? Yeah. Why can't they make headlights that are really good? You know? uh, so uh, there's no doubt Tesla are ahead in so many ways, but I think other manufacturers we're on the board and hopefully they push them along, you know, as well. And the ones that use someone else's software, so the Volvos and the Polestars that sit on mm. Android, I think more are going to do that, actually. I think Stellantis have backed away from it, but others will get on board with that. So that is handing over your <coughs> infotainment to Google, not just Android, but actually properly, that's the operating system. Yep. Yeah, that's better. It's good, but... You know, I just still not Tesla. It is so integrated into the car and the hardware and the software. There is no one as good and as that. The network building at the same time was obviously a, a, a real uh, key part of the production yeah, for Tesla as well. If you look at what they're now upgrading the uh, Arnic 5 from mm. Hyundai and the Kia EV6, mm. and then the new ones are going to come factory fresh with it. But if you've got one already, I gather it. It might have to go back or not, I'm not sure, but uh, that's finally being upgraded with all the proper battery preconditioning. Yeah. Because when you did your, when you drove it home, actually, yeah. uh, your, uh, it, you were like 18, 20 minutes at that stop. Yeah. But that was in the summer. In the cold weather test. In the cold weather, it's awful. And they've fixed that, and that's amazing, but Tesla have always done that. Yeah. So it's like, come on, you should, this should be right from the beginning. And it's yeah. good that Hyundai have fixed it. So, and, and I know owners of that car will be delighted, but. Tesla just lead the way. There's some big way. players out there. They're all good. Horses for courses. And of course, more on the way. Well, there, so, we there we go. There we go. Right. Well, let's call it quits for there. I think congratulations to everyone who's watched this all the way through. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. Uh, big, big thanks to Martin from Even News Daily. So we'll put a link to your uh, podcast and Patreon down below. Give us what you want for that. And make sure you get onto that and have a look. Because it is great. It's a perfect thing to listen to on the commute to work as well. And uh, just keep you informed on all things EV. Uh, but that's it for me. Goodbye. Goodbye.